Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer, brought to you by Tucker Milling. Join Andy Schneider, national spokesperson for the USDA APHIS Avian Health Program, editor-in-chief of Chicken Whisperer magazine, and author of The Chicken Whisperer's Guide to Keeping Chickens, Chicken Factor Chicken Poop, and Zero Waste Chicken Keeping, as he welcomes top poultry veterinarians, poultry scientists, and poultry nutritionists to discuss the hot topics in the poultry world today and provide science-based, fact-based, study-based information to help you raise the healthiest poultry possible. And now, here's your host, Andy Schneider. All righty, thank you very much for tuning in today to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer, brought to you by Tucker Milling Feeds. We have a great show lined up for you today, so I'm not going to waste a lot of time before we go to commercial break so we can bring on our special guest today, uh, poultry nutritionist, Dr. Curran Gehring, and he's going to be talking about really our topic, are grain-based feeds better at the end of the day? And uh, I'll give my two cents worth when we come back from the commercial break. But thank you very much for tuning in. had a couple of people mention on the Facebook page that, hey, hadn't heard a show in a couple of weeks. What's going on? And I've just had this uh, this really bad head cold thing going on. Really, it's been about a month. I remember my son Caleb and I were scheduled to go to, actually we did, go to um, the Atlanta World War II Roundtable, which is a club we belong to, a really cool history club. And um, I remember going to that, and we were kind of on the tail end of some type of cold, head cold, yucky stuff. And then we went right back into it, the whole family, everybody but Jen, thank goodness, but started off with Lily, and then I got it, and I gave it to Caleb. And so it's been a month here that we've all had something going on. Uh, we try to treat everything we can in-house, but it just got so long and lingering and wasn't clearing up. So all three of us had to go and get some uh, antibiotics. We all got kind of different stuff. I, in fact, I got a steroid and a cough medicine and an antibiotic. Uh, Lily got an antibiotic, a different one than Caleb got. Caleb got a Z-Pak. Uh, it was, it's been crazy. So uh, I'll try to hit the cough button as fast as I can today, but you still maybe hear me coughing in the background because I'm over it but I still have that lingering cough that'll last for a few days and whatnot. So, but we're tired of it. So uh, it's good to be back and I'm glad you're back with us. And what a way to start being back with a great show, our grain based feeds better here right after the short break. And then when we come back, I'll do the intro and then we'll bring on Dr. Curran Gehring, poultry nutritionist to talk about these, um, these grain-based feeds that are becoming more and more popular, it seems like. I remember my first introduction to these about three years ago, and I still got some videos up on my Facebook page you can go look at, and I think the same still applies today. But let's get to the commercial break. We'll come back, and we will get started uh, talking all about our grain-based feeds better. Stay tuned. We'll be back right after this short break. Are you dealing with a stinky coop or brooder? Backyard chicken owners are loving Chick Fresh. Not only does it eliminate the nasty odors, but it also eliminates the dangerous and unhealthy ammonia. You can use Chick Fresh in your coop, brooder, garbage can, litter boxes, and more. Even use it in your spouse's smelly shoes. Get your bottle 15% off today by going to coopcarespecial.com. Take back control and say no to nasty odors. Ideal Poultry has been a family-owned and operated business since 1937. Their business is built on customer service and quality poultry. From rare white and brown egg layers to broilers, ducks, turkeys, and bantams, Ideal Poultry is the largest supplier of backyard poultry in the United States, shipping close to 5 million chicks annually. Visit them online at IdealPoultry.com. That's IdealPoultry.com. Strong Animals uses plant-based products and natural approaches to promote the health and vitality of backyard flocks. Our daily snacks, water additives, and coop refresher products contain organic essential oils, prebiotics, and other natural ingredients to promote digestive health and immunity. Give your chicks and chickens what they need to thrive with Strong Animals products. Available at local farm stores across the country and Amazon. Visit GetStrongAnimals.com today to learn more. 
Since 1921, Stromberg's has been a family-owned and operated business providing quality poultry and poultry supplies to their customers. Today, the Stromberg's family offers over 200 different breeds of poultry, including chickens, waterfowl, and game birds. They also offer poultry supplies for both the beginner and experienced poultry keeper. Stromberg should be on the top of your list when it's time to order your new day-old baby chicks and poultry supplies. Order online today at StrombergsChickens.com. That's StrombergsChickens.com. Metzer Farms is now hatching and shipping the premier egg layer. This girl is consistently laying jumbo eggs with a higher nutrient density and lower water content than your eggs now. She is an extremely hardy bird and the most heat and cold tolerant egg layer available, allowing for year-round outdoor production. An eggshell unmatched in sturdiness and thickness, making cracks a thing of the past. Increase your health and double your egg profits. Of course, we're talking about ducks. Duck eggs are revered by chefs for their succulent flavor and by bakers for being the better baking egg. Learn more about this extraordinary duck, the Golden 300, or any of our other 35-plus breeds of ducks and geese at MetzerFarms.com and order your next flock from us. And now we return to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer with your host, Andy Schneider. Alrighty, so um, thinking back when I talked to Dr. Gehring earlier this week and he texted me what he would like to talk about today, I was very excited and had all these flashbacks of kind of doing studies here on our homestead. You know, over the years, uh, we've done a lot of studies. We share them with you so you can see firsthand through video. And uh, it was one of the more memorable ones that we've done here on the homestead. It was somewhere between three and four years ago. It's still posted, of course, on our Facebook page. And you can go back and find it and take a look. And a feed company, and I'm not 100% positive, I think it was Scratch and Peck Feeds. I believe they were located out in Washington State. And they wanted to send me some feed to try out for my birds. And I'm like, sure, I'd be more than happy to. <clears throat> so they sent me out a few bags. First thing I noticed was when I opened the bag, I'm like, oh, they sent me some scratch. This is not laying feed. This is not nutritionally balanced laying feed. And then I was reading the bag, and then I looked closer, and I noticed that within all this scratch, these whole grains, there were little pellets uh, all through this as well. And I'm like, aha, so now it makes sense. All of the nutrition that makes this bag labeled as nutritionally balanced feed are in these tiny little pellets that are mixed in. All these whole grains are scratch. So I'm like, okay, uh, we're going to go for it. We're going to try it. So we did, I, don't, I guess it was three major, maybe four major videos of this. And the first video I showed, I just utilized it as a, a treat, if you will. I sprinkled some on the ground, maybe about a pie pan's worth. And the birds came over, and this is something you can see right now today when you go find this video. All of the birds uh, that I had, they started picking out all the scratch grains and left all the nutritionally balanced pellets behind. Um, and you can see it with your own two eyes, not making it up. So then I said, okay, well, let's do this. Let's go ahead, and the next study we did was let's put it in their feeder. So we put a bunch in their feeder, same exact feed that we did the uh, treat test on you know, the, the week before, and we noticed the same thing. We'd go out, live video, and I'd show you exactly what I see in the, in the poultry feeder in their coop. And that the only thing left were all these little nutritionally balanced pellets with all the good stuff in it, and all the scratch was absolutely gone. So we got several videos of that where they were eating all the scratch grains, the, the whole grains, and they were leaving the pellets behind. So they were not getting a, a balanced diet whatsoever. And then, I think of maybe a week later, uh, this is very interesting. I went out, and I noticed when I opened up the coop, we had about three at the time kind of close together. <clears throat> when I opened up the coop, the chickens in that one particular coop that had this mixed feed, this whole grain feed, they ran – as soon as I opened them out, I was like, what's going on? They ran out of that coop up the hill maybe about 10, 15 feet and went into the other coop, 
And I'm like, what's going on? And I go and look, and they're all surrounded, the land pellets, eating like crazy. And then I looked in the nest boxes, and I had a couple of broken eggs. So I said, nope, we're done. I don't have egg eaters. I deal with egg eaters. I'm not going to start this egg eaters. This is obviously key signs they are missing something in their diet because, well, they were missing something, all the pellets that they weren't eating because they were eating all the scratch. And then they started eating eggs to possibly get the nutrition they needed because up until this point, I had no egg eaters whatsoever. And then, lo and behold, I've replaced the pellets, and I have no more egg eaters at all. hasn't happened since. So, and you can see this. It's not something I made up. You can see it in the video. Proof is in the pudding. Proof is in the video. You saw this along with me three years ago when I was trying this um, feed. And I've noticed now several other companies have gone to this. You open the bag, it looks just like scratch. So you're like, oh, it looks so good, so natural looking. And then you see little pellets in there. And they, if you want to call it getting away with, but they get away with labeling that as a nutritionally balanced feed because there are some pellets in there that contain all the nutrition that those chickens actually need. But what's to say you have 25 chickens and you have the feeder there, maybe even two feeders, what's to say all the birds are getting enough pellets to make that feed nutritionally balanced? What if they're still all eating just the scratch? What if one bird's only eating scratch and not eating any of the pellets? Well, now that bird's health is going to start to decline, and it can affect egg production as well. So this is something even three years ago we were noticing here, and I saw the negative effects of using this type of feed. And so now we apparently have some studies coming out uh, that kind of show the negative effects of maybe using some of this grain-based feed with little pellets in it to make it, quote, nutritionally balanced. So there's all these, these issues that I've just described. And now Dr. Karen Gehring, poultry nutritionist, PhD, is going to come on and talk to us about this um, and probably uh, uh, um, uh, talk about what I just explained, some of the issues with this feed, some of the things that we're seeing with this feed. I personally have seen people after several companies came out with this, people post. I kid you not, I've got them copied and pasted somewhere on my laptop where they've said, hey, I switched to that, and I got less eggs. These are people who are using this food all the time. You also see a lot of people say, oh, my chickens love that. Okay? Um, well, it's basically scratch grains with some pellets in it. Of course, they're going to love that. Um, and you know what, what I did <coughs> sometimes when I was on tour doing uh, poultry workshops, and so we talked about that, and I always traveled with my family all over, 36, 37 states for a decade. We toured, did hundreds and hundreds of workshops. And um, <laughs> it was like when this topic came up and people would say, oh, my chickens love that. You know, you can see me doing the air quotes when I say that. My chickens love that. Um, I would hand a king-size Snickers bar to my son. Here you go. You know, why did I just give that to him? Because he loves that, okay? Did he eat his broccoli at dinner? Did he have a balanced dinner and a balanced lunch? Did he, no, he loves that. So I just gave him a king-size snicker bar just to get the point across. It was awesome. And they're like, oh, just because your chickens love something doesn't mean it's good for them. My daughter, here you go. Here's a king-size uh, Skittles. She loves Skittles. But that doesn't mean just because they love something that it's actually going to be good for them. Same applies with our chickens. So, uh, And you can call probably any poultry lab across the country and ask them what's an increase they're seeing when they do necropsies. And they will probably tell you all day long, if it's not the top, it's probably the top five. And that is fatty liver disease coming from too many treats and maybe even some of these grain-based diets because your chickens love it so much. All righty, so let's go to the phone lines. We've got our good friend, poultry nutritionist, Dr. Curran Gehring, Ph.D. He's going to be talking all about this and the good, the bad, and the ugly with these grain-based feeds. And then you, the consumer, uh, the chicken owner, can decide, well, uh, I'm going to keep doing this. I'm not going to keep doing this. Yes, you convinced me. No, you didn't. I'll keep an eye on it, whatever the case may be. Uh, but I think he also has some uh, compelling uh, evidence, if you will, uh, that, that shows why these may not be on the up and up just because it looks like scratch and your chickens love it so much. So, uh, Curran, thank you very much for coming on. It's good to have you back. Hey, Dad, thank you for having me, Andy. You uh, betcha. Good to be back. And, um, yeah, and that was a, a great introduction. Um, and uh, just kind of 
you know, going off of the, the, the last part that you're talking about, uh, you know, we've heard from a lot of people that, uh, you know, have emailed us or, or called and, and said, well, you know, my, my birds just don't like your, your feed as well. They don't eat as much as the feed I was feeding before. And, and, uh, you know, we ask, well, you know, how's their egg production? And they say, well, it's fantastic, better than it's ever been. And they look healthy and, and, uh, everything's great. They just don't eat as much. And so, you know, a lot of people think that the amount they eat is, uh, you know, correlated with whether they like it or not. Um, but chickens are actually really good at consuming, uh, you know, feed to meet their energy and amino acid requirements. And so, you know, in, in most cases, if they eat a lot more, it's because they're not getting as much from that feed, and they have to. So it's, that makes it's not a matter. Sense. Yeah, and then all you're doing is, uh, you know, you got more waste coming, uh, you know, uh, out of that from that feed and out of the bird, and, and you're buying more feed. Um, and so, you know, that's that's definitely something to, to keep in mind. Um, and then I think that, you know the other thing, like when when you mentioned that scratch feed that you tried uh, years ago, um, you know most of what I got to uh, you know for this show today is you know, from published research. Um, in, in this case, it's uh, you know kind of based on 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 research, but but my opinion also. But I think when you look at a lot of the or most of the scratch feeds on the market, you've got uh, you know, corn, um, sometimes there's green peas, you've got, you know, red milo, all these different colors. And we know that, you know, birds are, have excellent eyesight. That's why, you know, when you look at feeders, they're red or yellow. Um, and that's going to drive that, that uh-huh. preference to those, uh, to those green components over the pellets. And because, you know, typically the pellets aren't colored. So you know you got kind of a brownish uh, type pellet, and you got a bright yellow, uh, you know, grain of corn next to it. They're gonna go for that corn. But you know what? Uh, and 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 I've 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 noticed this for decades keeping chickens. And if if anybody just sits and watches their chickens, which they should be, they should be out there handling them. They should be watching them to get a kind of a norm. So when something happens, whether it be an illness or a weight issue, weight issue, whatever, you can identify it very quickly. But if you notice too, every now and then you'll see some of these pellets that have some corn. You can, you can identify pieces of corn in them. Maybe it's sticking out a little bit. Maybe it's at the end. But if you watch your chickens, I guarantee it, you, they will key on that color and that little piece of corn uh, shell that's showing up mm-hmm. in that pellet, it ha- and they will they will get those first. Oh look, mm, corn, or oh look that color, or oh this. And uh, anybody out there can take a look at this. I've seen it for years, uh, and I can still notice that when they're actually oh there's a piece of corn sticking out of a pellet. Boom, there it goes when they're eating. So that yeah, that's it oh yeah, in the pudding. You're, you're exactly right. It's funny how that works. I've noticed that for years. Yeah, and then you know the other thing is uh, you know there's. There's been research, um, you know, where they do a, a choice feeding experiment. So they would have all of the grain component of the diet uh, as whole grain in, in one feeder and then a concentrate pellet and then, um, say, like a, a large particle calcium source, like a coarse limestone or oyster shell that's hen-sized. And there's, uh, you know, there actually can can be some benefits to that um, that, that research has shown where the birds can choice feed uh, and and get the nutrients that they need to coincide to the requirements uh, that, that differ during the egg production cycle throughout the day and night. Um, but you know when you when you look at uh, you know properly formulated diet and you look at the the percentage of grain um, versus the the percentage of grain in in most scratch feeds. I mean, pretty much all scratch feeds that are on the market, uh, it's not nearly as much, uh, even if you're replacing all of the grain. Uh, and, you know, I think in in those uh, studies, you've got one strain of bird, they're all the same age. Uh, you know, what if you have multiple different kinds of birds and they're different ages, different sizes, and 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 you have a mixed feed like a scratch, 
well, now, even if there was any chance of them selecting correctly or, or eating a complete diet, that's just gone out the window. Yeah. Uh, and I, you know, I think, you know, for a, for a lot of people, they, you know, they, they might have a mixed flock. And so it just exacerbates all these problems that we're talking about uh, in terms of their, you know, nutrient balance, uh, their health, their, the flock uniformity, um, and, and then, you know, egg production, of course. Yep. A lot of people um, I've noticed um, in, in comments and even in doing the workshops and touring the country where people will often say, well, chickens did just fine before commercial food came out. What did great-great-great-grandfather do? They just let them free-range or they gave them scratch or corn or food scraps or whatever. Um, and basically when I heard that live, say in a workshop – I would try to address it by saying yes, but <laughs> imagine how much more n- we know now to science about the chicken's diet. I think Dr. McRae once said that um, the chicken is the most studied species on the planet, even more than humans, because chickens feed the planet. And so all the yeah. studies and all the science uh, since the beginning of time on these birds. And so I would often talk about that. I would say well, you know, I'm really not going to be sitting on the hospital table getting ready for open-heart surgery saying, hey, do you mind doing this like my great-great-great-grandfather's doctor did it with no, uh, you know, no anesthesia, and uh, in fact, they didn't even have open-heart surgery until when, what, what was it, 50s maybe? Um, you know, so, so I try to use that and push that, you know, yeah, well, Birds now are healthier. They're laying more. They live longer. They're, you know, sure, you throw a few scratch grains out there, you might get a few eggs, but they're not as healthy. They're not living as long. They're, you know, all these issues. But I would try to push it more when I would hear that. Well, what about before we had commercial feed at the store we could go buy? These chickens seem to do just fine. <laughs> and not necessarily if you look at their health and their longevity and how many eggs they were laying, and now everybody wants these, I better get an egg every day out of my hands, or they're freeloaders. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I use that. I would say, well, I, I surely don't want any type of surgery that they did in 1920 versus what the science we know now, just like science progression with the yeah. nutrition of our animals. So I, I always use that as kind of a segue into why uh, we know more today about bird health and we try to apply that. Oh yeah, and uh, yeah, you know, and I, I just wanted to say, you know, for anybody who's who's very pro whole grain, before you stop listening, I, I'm going to turn this whole thing upside down and and tell you why whole grains are are good. Um, in cer- in certain cases, in and done the right way, but. Uh, you know, before we before we get there, I was thinking too. You know, when you take the typical scratch grain on the on the market, and you might have you know ten or fifteen percent pellet. Well, even if that you know entire feed has the right mix of nutrients, um, you know, to to make that concentrate pellet hit all the vitamin levels um, for the complete diet uh, and everything and mineral levels if you if they eat all the grain and all you're left with is pellet and there was only 10 percent pellet to begin with that means everything in that pellet is times 10 uh versus if it was a later pellet or later crumble or um you know seed like that huh. I, you could potentially get into toxic levels of of certain things like vitamin D, um, selenium, uh, you know, they, at that point they're they're not getting anywhere close to exactly what they should be consuming. Uh, if all of a sudden all that's left in the feed pan is pellets, and that's you know what what they have to consume, or if or if uh, you know more dominant bird got to it first and ate all the grain, and that's what's left over for the others. Um, you know, that, that, that happened. Be- I actually, I actually have a video of that too. Um, the videos we were talking about earlier that we did here, you can go look it up and see it with yourself. That eventually, in that big feeder, all that was left were the pellets. And I said, okay, 
let's, uh, that's all you're getting. I'm not adding any more, so you can have more scratch. You eat the pellets or you don't eat at all. And then they didn't eat the pellets, and that's when they were running out and then running into the other feeder and then starting to eat their eggs. They weren't eating those pellets at all, exactly. And I think that's a good oh, yeah. point. You, you, you used the word dominant. And, and um, I can see where the dominant birds, if they, you know, they're not allowing the other birds to come in and say, get the scratch, and all that other bird just has the, the pellet. Now, when they're, when they're figuring out this 50-pound bag of feed, and, <laughs> and you'll tell us in a minute, in, 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 in the more popular uh, brands of this grain-based feed with, mixed with pellets, and, and they've got, I'm sure you'll tell us about what percentage of pellets is in that 50-pound bag. Do that? I mean, they have to go through and say, like you were just kind of alluding to, um, how much they have to reformulate that pellet. Now, do they will they take some stuff out of that pellet because the grain will contribute some, like I don't know if it would be fat or carb or energy, so they don't have to add so much in the pellet, but then they have to add other things into the pellet. And like you're saying, that pellet, because it's making up for so much non-pellet that's in there, grain, that it's so packed full with some of these ingredients, I guess it might be found in the Vita pack and other things, that mm-hmm. if at the end of the day that bird that's non-dominant, all it's getting is pellets, then wow, it's getting, it's getting a really kind of screwed up diet because they're getting so much more of things that they, like I think you were just explaining, that they need that could become toxic to some of that because that's all they're getting because all the other birds ate all the scratch yeah. or the grains out of it. Yeah, and, and, you know, I would be much more concerned about those birds than the ones that eat all the grain, uh, especially in most cases where birds are free-ranged. Because um, the chances of, of the, you know, birds getting out of the true nutrient deficiency when they're, uh, you know, when they have access to, to the outdoors and pasture and bugs and everything is, you know, very low. Um, but, you know, those birds that are left with just the pellets and, yeah, you know, if they're concentrated ten times or or more, um, you know, that's that's a bigger concern to me. Um, and you know, like you were saying, if, if when you formulate something like that, you are taking into account the full nutrient profile of all those whole grains. Uh-huh. Um, but you know, most of those are fairly low protein. You know, you right. have corn that's now down to seven percent or so. Um, you know, wheat's a little bit higher. Uh, you know, sometimes you see peas that are, you know, higher in protein. But, but for the most part, if you take that that grain fraction, it's going to be much lower protein than, say, a you know, soybean meal or or a fish meal or canola meal or, or any any type of protein source. And so those pellets, um, especially if if they're a small percentage of the complete feed, they're going to be really a protein and vitamin and mineral concentrate. Uh-huh. And uh and then the energy is going to be concentrated in the grain fraction. What you say cuz you design these and mix these all day long for for a living, you have the education behind it is I was thinking that about this this morning questions to ask a 50 pound bag of a popular brand of this grain based with some pellets added to make it nutritionally balanced feed. Is that bag of feed more or less expensive to produce than, say, the, a regular bag of just what we're used to, 50-pound bag of 16% lamb pellets, would you say? Oh, I'd, I'd say more expensive. Um, more expensive to make. Just, yeah, because, you know, typically, uh, especially if a feed mill makes any commercial feed or, or bulk feed, you know, they're they're going to have – plenty of corn or if they, you know, bag corn for, for, uh, you know, deer hunters or, or, or whatever, oh. um, you know, corn's going to be plentiful. Um, when you're looking at those other, uh, grains, you know, like I'd say it's safflower or, or white milo or millet or whatever, you, you know, you see your peas, uh-huh. you know, you, most feed mills aren't going to have bulk bins available for all those different, you know, dozens gotcha. of of ingredients. So they're going to have to bring those, um, you know, in bags that are trucked in. Um, Got it. And so yeah, so you're you're paying um, for another company to um, put those in a bag 
for their labor, you're paying for the packaging, uh-huh. and then you're paying for your guys to uh, to you know open the bag and and dump it. Uh, and so there's a, a lot more cost involved, and a lot of those grains that are just they're not grown at such a high volume as as a you know corn would be. Um, so they're just more expensive anyway because there's uh, you know there's there's less available. You know it's interesting. I'm curious. You may have the history behind it of how this got started. Is it because when you open up a bag as the the consumer, as the chicken parent, you look at it just the way we've been trained through media and and everything else. We look open it up and go, oh, that looks so good. That looks so quote natural. That almost looks like something I would sprinkle on my salad and eat. That looks like a granola mix that I buy, and now I'm giving mm-hmm. it to my chickens. So it makes the owner feel all warm and fuzzy inside that they're you know, treating their chickens or making it special just because of the visual effects when they open that bag versus just pellets. Oh, certainly. And, yeah, and I, you know, I, I think most of them are designed, um, you know, with those different colors into and, and it's not just the nutrient profile, but they're, those products are designed to look a certain way, and and the, you know, and that's to appeal to the consumer more so than the chicken. And uh, and they, there are some you know beautiful feeds out there. Um, they're just not the not the best for the birds, I, you know, in my opinion. My, my one of my local dealers, they even actually take their feeds and put them in glass jars and set on the counter right next to the register mm-hmm. and it has on the top it has on the top like what they are you know seven grain scratch or 16 percent 22 percent or what and so you can see how someone walks up and they're like "Ooh, look at that feed that that looks good that looks you know mm, very attractive i think i want that feed so they there's a I mean, it could be possibly for many reasons. You may have a language barrier and you have people just point to the food they want. I know in this area sometimes that's an issue. Uh, or it could be, hey, you know, look at this food. Look how good it looks. And then they're looking right next to just a gray pellet sitting there. You know, they may be, oh, I want that um, oh, until yeah. they ring it up. <laughs> right? Yeah, I think it happens all the time. Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah it's, it's hard to – uh, you know, it, it, to get past that, yeah. You know, when you're looking at at uh, you know scratch feed with all different colors and shapes and sizes, for you know, versus just a pellet, uh, yeah, it's that the pellet's not going to be as uh, as appealing visually. Um, and I think you know a lot of people are are skeptical about you know does that pellet have everything that it that it says it does because. You know, obviously a pellet looks like a pellet, whether it's, you know, an ultra premium or a or an economy uh, type product. And so, you know, when you see a, a kernel of corn or, or wheat or oats or safflower or milo, uh, you know exactly what you're getting. And so I think that's that's part of it, too. But um, but, yeah, it's, it, you know, it, there's just going to be so many potential problems with having a, a really high mixed grains um, feed and then, you know, a very small percentage of a concentrate pellet. Uh, it's, it's, it's just not worth it. Um, but if uh, if you don't mind, I, I'd, I'd love to, to turn this upside down. Yeah, go ahead. And uh, <laughs> talk about why whole grain is good and, and the benefits of it. Um, and so there's, there's actually been a lot of research done, uh, mostly down in, uh, Australia and New Zealand by some of the most well-known poultry scientists and poultry nutritionists, uh, uh, including Dr. Peter Selly at the University of Sydney, um, Dr. Ravindran at Massey University in, in New Zealand, and then, um, even, uh, Dr. Carl Parsons at the University of Illinois uh, here in the States, one of the most um, well-known poultry nutritionists uh, there ever was. And um, and there's been research on pretty much, you know, all different kinds of, of whole grains, wheat, barley, triticale, sorghum, corn, um, and more. And a lot of this uh, started by 
uh, or was, uh, you know, championed by Dr. Uh, R.B. Cumming at the University of New England uh, in Australia. And, and he really, um, you know, was for the, the use of, of whole wheat as a way to mitigate uh, coccidiosis risk. And that was due to um, enhanced gut health and development. And so, you know, I, I, I don't know how much, you know, most people know about the gizzard, but uh, for those that, that don't know a whole lot, you know, the gizzard is is the organ that, that birds have uh, in place of teeth. And so, you know, what, what grinds the, the seed into a into smaller particle sizes that, that uh, you know, the bird can derive those nutrients from and digest. And when we have larger particle sizes or whole grains and we make that gizzard work, it's just like, you know, if you were lifting weights and and uh, you do, you know, bicep curls three times a week and, and after a while your biceps get bigger and stronger. And the same thing happens uh, with the gizzard. And, and the well-developed gizzard uh, is just, a, you know, an incredibly powerful organ. Um, in, in one paper... Uh, they they found pressures of up to uh, of over eight thousand pounds per square inch, and uh, so that's you know this is side note, but a lot of people you know want to see grit uh, in these type of feeds too. And I mean when when that gizzard's well developed, I mean it's eight thousand pounds per square inch. I mean it. It can grind just about anything without any help. Um, and and there's, you know, some benefits to, to having a well-developed uh, gizzard. Um, and, and those are, and not just a well-developed gizzard, but having those larger particle sizes so you get more retention in the gizzard. And so what that's going to do is it's going to, um, increase the amount of uh, hydrochloric acid coming from the proventriculus, which is like the the chicken's stomach. Um, also, it, it increases the uh, digestive uh, enzyme secretions from the from the pancreas uh, downstream, uh, uh, bile secretions from the liver, um, and then also pepsin, which is a, a protease enzyme that break that's the the first enzyme that starts digesting protein that's secreted from the proventriculus. Um, and so you get more of those and increased retention time uh, in the gizzard, which, uh, you know, can help digestion, but also because of that, that acid, um, the pH is lower. And so we also see benefits um, from a you know, antimicrobial standpoint. So, um, like in, in one study, see if I can find it. Yeah, so when 20% of the ground wheat in a diet was replaced with whole wheat, uh, they saw reduced Clostridium and Campylobacter numbers in, the, in sequel samples, uh, which, you know, are both pathogenic bacteria, um, Clostridium perfringens being the one uh, associated with necrotic enteritis. And so, you know, there are benefits. Now, that was 20% of the wheat replaced with whole wheat. So that's very important. Um, there's a- another study where 100% of the grain, uh, um, and that was also wheat, uh, was replaced with with whole grain, uh, and there were very negative effects, especially under a coccidiosis challenge. Huh. And so that percentage of of whole grain really matters. Um, so you know, because of that decreased uh, pH and the gizzard development. Um, you know, research has shown over and over again that you're going to get higher starch digestibility, in some cases 
uh, up to around 50% higher starch digestibility. Uh, the birds are going to derive more metabolizable energy from the diet, uh, have higher nitrogen retention, uh, which, you know, is an, an indication of their, uh, you know, protein metabolism. Uh, but it's very clear by looking at, at all these different studies on uh, replacement of ground grain with whole grain and, and choice feeding with whole grain, that the maximum amount is around 30%. Okay. And once you go past that, you start seeing, uh, you know, the, the negative effects. And, 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 you know, when you look at pretty much any scratch feed on the market, they're, they're nowhere close to, to that. It's, it's the opposite. Interesting. Yeah, that's neat. What what would you say the percentage of pellets are in that in the mixed feeds we see today, the the, the grain based feeds that are on the market that some or seem to be so popular or gaining popularity? Um, has anybody done that study? Just said, okay, no, I'm going to go back buy a bag of this and I'm going to separate the grain from the pellets. And you have this huge metal tin of all these grains and then the small pie pan of pellets are. Yeah, you know, I bet it would be pretty drastic based on the ones that I've seen. Oh yeah, I I, I think that it, they would definitely be less than fifty percent, and in a lot of cases, probably oh, yeah. less than twenty five percent pellet. Uh, which of course that means that the whole grain fraction is fifty, seventy five, eighty percent, you know, or more. Um, and so, you know, it, once you get to those numbers, you're you're losing all these all these benefits, uh, and everything that we talked about to start the show starts, you know, becoming the the, the dominant um, results that, that that you can expect. Right. That's interesting. Um, one of the most frustrating things I saw over the years was the number of people, and it was a big number, who would raise their hand when I got to the nutrition portion of our um, workshop. And sometimes they didn't have a chance to raise their hand because I would, we would talk about the different ways people feed. But I was amazed at the number of people that mix. They'll go out and buy a bag of laying pellets, 16, 17, 22%, didn't matter, and they'll mix it. Half and half, a lot of times people would say, we're scratch grains. And I would just, uh, I would cringe, and then we'd go and explain to them why that's probably not a very good thing to do. Um, and and we get, it's mm-hmm. hard, and, and you're, in, you're in the field, so you see this too, is when people say, I, they'd appreciate, you know, they, it's, it's hard for a lot of people to get away from that because that's what they saw Granny do. <laughs> or that's what we yeah. see on TV. We see little Laura Ingalls with the little metal bucket, and she's throwing scratch out on the ground for these chickens in this TV show. And so that's and you know, it looks all natural, and so it's got to be better for my chickens. And but I th- a lot of it is just hey, that's what Granny did, so that's what I'm going to do. It was good for Granny. It was good for me. Sorry, I don't want open heart surgery like they did on my great Granny. Not going to happen. Um, and I don't think anybody would sit there and say, oh, these are, or give me some whiskey to drink ahead of time and then um, uh, do it like you did it back in the 30s if you're going to do this medical procedure. Nobody does got to do that. That's silly. Um, but maybe we need to use that thinking more towards nutrition for our birds. Um, so, But, yeah, it was startling how many people say, oh, I mix scratch grains and, and the lamb pellets, and then we had to go through why that's not such a great idea uh, either. So let me see what time I've got. I've got 11.45. Um, we're going to try to shoot the end about this time anyway, but um, you may have some more information that you want to share, kind of turn it around, segue into kind of wrapping it up, good, bad, ugly, um, kind of an overview, things to look out for if you're using this. I would challenge somebody out there right now, if you're using one of those feeds uh, that is heavily grain-based with a few pellets in it, <laughs> that's something I would have my kids do that are uh, uh, 12 and 10. I'd say, okay, I'm going to pour all this feed into this wheelbarrow, and it would probably be easier for them to just pick out all the pellets and put them in this little pie pan um, and then mm-hmm. actually see how many pellets. I think that would be a great, great um, 
job for uh, my kids to do and then reward them with a little something for helping dad with the scientific experiment. And then we've got a visual effect. On the right, in this pie pan, is the nutritionally nutritional part of this feed. And on the left is basically scratch grains. Um, and then because we're so visual, we already talked about that. We're visual because, oh, look how pretty this looks. I could put this on my salad. And then, then they see something like that. They're like, good part, not so good part, unless, you know, you're talking about some of the studies you talked about in the show. But uh, kind of bring it full circle with us. Give us kind of a good overview, what, what you recommend as a poultry nutritionist, what to look out for. Um, and maybe if somebody is using this feed, things that they may want to look for to see that maybe some detriments they see by using this feed, and then we'll kind of wrap it up. Yeah, I mean, I, th I think if uh, you know if anybody's seen <clears throat> those type of of scratch feeds, you know, it, if it's getting consumed evenly, uh, you know, then, then there's probably not too much to worry about in in terms of the bird's health. Um, you know, don't know if you'd be getting uh the, you know the best egg production or performance or growth but uh you know certainly wouldn't have to worry about the uh you know overconsumption of of the pellets like we talked about uh if it if it seems like it's all disappearing at the same rate um but you know all of these these benefits the improved nutrient digestibility improved feed efficiency improved growth uh, reduction of pathogenic bacteria. Uh, these are these are all only at, at less than you know at less than twenty to thirty uh, percent. Most okay. most of the research shows ten to twenty percent whole grain. Uh, okay. And uh, so that that's just ten to twenty percent know, whole grain. Which reminds me absolutely what we've said for decades is that. Scratch and treat should be no more than 10% of the chicks, the hens' daily ration. We just, we just always go back to that. Um, regardless yeah, of, you know, what it is. Now you're saying 10, 10 to 20%. Most of the studies show that's that's the max that you would really want. Um, and then, then boom, it just hit hit my mind. No more than 10% of the hens' ration should be treats or food scraps or any of that, you know, grains. And that leads me to this next, um, and I'll, I'll refer back to you and you can wrap it up, is that when we were firsthand doing the tour, I, I would ask people, who here can tell me? There'd be 100 people in the room. Who here can tell me what 10% of, of a hen's daily ration would be, 10%? And nobody knew. Nobody raised their hand. They were afraid to. I don't even think I had one person raise their hand and gave me a right answer. Um, and at the end of the day, it ends up being about a teaspoon of spay mealworms. Per hen, a teaspoon of scratch. A teaspoon is about 10% mm -hmm. of that hen's daily ration. And so when they're out there grabbing handfuls of these mealworms and throwing them out there, you know, all the scratch, all this stuff, you know, they're, oh, yeah, just 10%. But they have no idea what that is. So so that, that, that big national campaign that became so popular, no more than 10% of their daily ration, means squat because nobody knows what that is. So, you know, when I started changing it, said no more than about a teaspoon per bird. People know that. Teaspoon per bird versus 10%, because they don't even know. But yeah, that, that goes falls almost back into that same thing we've said for decades of, you know, no more than 10% of their daily rations should be this extracurricular items. Yeah. No, and, that, and that's a, you know, a good point about, you know, not knowing what that 10% is, because you know, it's it's really got to be by by weight because uh, if you're talking about uh, you know 10% of their feed consumption being black soldier fly larvae versus uh, corn, you know the densities <laughs> right. of those two products are completely different. So, so you know 10% might be uh, say 12 or 13 grams uh, a day. Um, it's going to look like a whole lot more black soldier fly larva than, than corn. And so if you if you just uh you know use the same size spoon or, or scoop for for any different thing that, that you want to you know add to their feed or mix with their feed uh -huh. um that you know the actual percentage of their diet's gonna be different if those you know have different densities. That's a great segue and we'll wrap it up with this. Um if you will in 
a very brief format because that's not what the show's about. But I think it's related. It's springtime. People are, are just buying chicks and chicks and chicks and chicks. They're buying out the big box stores of chicks all the time. People can't get them there. Some and, and then they're ordering. This is the season. Everybody's getting chicks. And we all see in these chicken forums on on the Internet – Oh, my chicks are three days old. When can I start giving them mealworms? When can I start giving them scratch? When can I start giving them food scraps? Can I give them lettuce? Can I give them this tomato? All this stuff. And they're three days old. Um, three uh, days yeah. old. And, and um, this is across the board, whether it be you or the poultry veterinarian, Dr. McCray, poultry scientist, other poultry nutritionists and all. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and you will al- or elaborate on this, I'm sure. But if you can picture a three, four, five, six-day-old baby chick and how tiny they are, and even though we know <coughs> it seems like these chicks eat, eat, eat a lot, they spill a lot, they waste a lot, so you're going through that 50-pound bag with these tiny little chicks. I get it. But they are eating so little amount as far as you're talking about grams and then per day. And then all, uh, yeah. of, a sudden, yeah. you, and all of a sudden you throw them one tiny little piece of cantaloupe can totally throw off, but it's just a little piece of cantaloupe. Look how tiny this chick is. Look at their how much daily ration they're getting as far as grams, and now how much that one piece of cantaloupe is going to skew that, mess that up, mess up that percentage because they're already eating such a tiny, tiny little bit. Keep them on the chick starter for as long as you possibly can because they need that, that, they need that nutrition for a good, healthy start. Ditch the treats for a while. Because the percentage of what they're eating versus even a tiny piece of cantaloupe or a few mealworms um, is, is, is a lot to, based on the, the, the small number of grams that they're eating every day at that size. Is that correct, subsumption? Oh, yeah, de- definitely. And, I, you know, I think for a, you know, a lot of the serious, uh, you know, infections or health problems that, that, and mortality that, that you can have, you know, that's going to occur uh, in younger birds. Uh, more likely, uh, and also, like you said, they're, they're eating such a small amount. It's really easy to, to really mess up the, uh, you know, the composition of their diet by adding anything. Um, so I, I just I wouldn't mess with it uh, until they're adult, you know, or start, you know, 18 weeks or so. Sure. Um, because uh, you know, there's a lot of research that shows that, you know, the the nutrition that their pullets receive as you know as, as we're rearing them, uh, their body condition when they start when they you know when the hen starts laying eggs, that's going to affect her egg laying for the rest of her life. Um, so you know for some people that doesn't matter so much. You know they might have 50 hens and they eat three eggs a week. You know so it doesn't matter if she lays well or not. But but for a lot of people it does matter. You know if they you know, their family eats a lot of eggs and they just have a few hens or if they like to give them to friends or family or sell them or, or whatever. And, and so the, you know, that early nutrition really matters, especially, uh, if egg production is, is something that's important to you. And, uh, and one, one more thing I wanted to end with. So, sure. um, you know, we actually just made a new feed yesterday, the first batch, uh, and uh, it's going to be called Patriot Poultry Layer Feed, and it's uh, about 80% pellet and less than 20% grain. And okay. so it's, it goes right along with what we've been talking about, uh, where where you should get the the benefits of of the whole grain and and not the negatives. And uh, and it, it looks different because there's there's nothing like it out there. But uh, but that's something that you know any of our dealers could could get you know starting the day so so that's a 20% grain mix and it's called patriot something patriot uh, poultry layer feed yeah and um so we're just just highlighting you know it's it's a uh, you know american source and in, in made ingredients and and made in the USA and and uh you know it's it's just a a product that else like it on the market because it's uh it, yeah it really you know takes that scratch concept and and flips it around um like what we were talking about today and it's it's actually less than 20% grain um because it has uh bar, or hen sized oyster shell um that's outside of the pellet as well and so that's at a uh 
So there's a research base ratio of large particle and small particle calcium source. Uh, okay, and what percent, so what percent protein is that current? Uh, I'd say 16. 16, okay. Total, yeah. mm -hmm. 16 percent. Gotcha. Yep, and uh, yeah, and so so it's the only feed that, that I know of that has a sufficient amount of large particle uh, calcium source where you're going to get that overnight uh, slow release calcium during that the you know eggshell formation and when the bird's not eating um, at the right ratio. Um, and you know you normally don't see that in a feed because you, you can't put that large particle uh, source of calcium whether it's limestone or oyster shell or something you can't put that in a pellet because it would tear up your pellet mill dyes. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And uh, so. So that's why we we have that on the outside. Gotcha. That, those big enough that they'd be able to see that when they pull, pull open their hand, they'd be able to see some of this grain, obviously, and then uh, the pellets and with all the nutritionally balanced goodies in it. And then would they be able to see? Are they still big enough to see these bits of the oyster shell? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's gonna no, it's not gonna look like a like what you think of as a scratch feed. It 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 looks like pellets with some oyster shell and, and some grain, enough to enough to see. Oh, so it's still a pellet. Oh yeah, eighty percent of its pellets. Yep, and gotcha. and then there's less than less than twenty percent whole grain, which is mostly wheat and some corn, a um, little bit of sunflower seed and, and whole peas, you know, less than less than one percent of each, and uh, um, and then the oyster shell. Gotcha. But I mean, when I say it's, you'll, when you open it up, you'll see the whole grains in there with the pellets mixed in, or it's just oh, all right. pellets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, yeah, no, perfect. Sixteen percent Patriot poultry, uh, and that's through Tucker Milling. And when is that going to be starting to hit the shelves? Is this a special order right now, or are we going to see this yeah. sitting next to our show flock and our sixteen percent and others? Oh well, so we we just made it for the first time yesterday. Um, so actually, a lot of our dealers don't know about it yet. Um, okay. But uh, if anybody you know asks them for it, they can call here and and we've got it. So. Uh, Fantastic. That's yeah. great. So let your let your dealer know, especially if they're already carrying Tucker Millen, you're already buying Tucker Millen, you want to try this new feed out, uh, the Patriot Poultry, um, sixteen percent. Then let them know they can get it. They just started mixing it yesterday. You heard it here first. So many things we hear first here on the Chicken Whisperer Show. Well, thank you very much for coming on today. Fantastic show, very fascinating, very interesting. Uh, as always, we love the, the science-based information, referring back to studies and things that we see um, and how it can affect our hens. And that's why we have the experts like yourself on. Uh, pretty much we try to anyway every Thursday. And uh, we look forward to seeing you uh, next month in April with another great topic about poultry nutrition. Sounds good. Thank you, Andy. Great. Thank you very much. Have a great day. All right. You too. All right, folks. That's going to wrap up a, uh, another show here. I, I want to remind everybody that if you like Curran's show, you like Dr. McRae's show, you like Dr. Poteski's show here on the radio uh, program, then you can read all of their articles as well at Chicken Whisperer Magazine. ChickenWhisperermagazine.com. You can see every single article any of them have ever wrote in the history of the magazine, nine years strong, uh, for free. You can subscribe to that digital edition, so we email you four times a year so you don't miss anything, or you can subscribe to the print edition. We'll mail it right to your mailbox four times a year for $9.95. That's for the whole year, not just one magazine. You go into some of these big box stores and you see a chicken magazine, they are seven, eight, nine dollars each. And we've noticed looking at those other magazines, if you have poultry, a pin, and a pulse, they will let you write for them. There's no doesn't seem like there's any uh uh check mark saying, Hey, do you what are you gonna write? What are you basing this on? Uh whereas you go and look at Chicken Whisper magazine, you'll see poultry scientists, poultry um nutritionists, poultry veterinarians that are writing for our magazine. So $9.95 per year if you'd like to subscribe for that. So we would love for you to do that, and we will all see you uh, next month, actually next week. Welcome right to Backyard, Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer, brought to you by Tucker Miller. Okay, now technical, technical problems here.
Ah, the switchboard gets so confusing. They change it up on me so many times when they do updates. Here we go. We'll see you next week right here on Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer. I'll get it right one of these days. This has been Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer, brought to you by Tucker Milling, with your host, Andy Schneider. For more information, find us on the web at chickenwhisperer.com, on Facebook by typing in The Chicken Whisperer, on Twitter at Backyard Poultry, and on Instagram at The Real Chicken Whisperer. Thanks for listening. Thank you.